Hello. How you doing? It's good to see you. Uh, what a great, uh, great day to be together. Amen. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, welcome back, all of you who've been away. Um, it's so good to see you. And um, here's what I, I challenged uh, the staff to do this week, and I want to challenge you to do also. Would you do this? I, I just thought, you know, why not? Why not pray and ask God about, you know, hey, give us names of people who haven't uh, been around for the summer, you know, because we're busy and we're gone and, you know, you know, life is going on. A lot of people are legit gone because of vacations and things like that. Others are just like, well, I'm going to take a recess from God for a while. (laughs) That's not always a good idea, by the way. But anyway, um, and just think about uh, who they are and then and call them and take interest in them and say, hey, how you doing? How can I pray for you? Uh, yeah, I want to invite you back, but don't make that the main reason. It's just like people need to feel like they're missed, right? Sometimes I run into people and I said, man, I haven't seen you for a while. Are you doing okay? And they said, I've been to church for six months. And then I feel like a jerk because I didn't, I don't, I, cause I can't see everybody, right? I, I, I don't notice. I, I can't see everybody. I wish I could. But I don't. But you do, you see some people that I don't see. And so if you just this week, just make a call. Invite people back, right? Thank you, leaders, for uh, facilitators of, of group life, for starting your groups up again, getting things going in a really a good and powerful way. Uh, we have some great uh, studies that are coming up and some ways in which we're going to be really transformed by the word and in community with each other. So thank you for that. Thank you all those that are going back to school, right? How many started back to school this week? You want to raise your hand? I tell you what, I want you to go ahead and stand up because I can't see those hands. Stand up if you went back to school as a student or as a teacher, as an administrator, or some other function in the school, a, a custodian, whatever, right? All right. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, all of you. And um, bless you as you, um, as you get back to that. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you that you love for your people to return to you. You love for us to come to you with an open heart. You, you um, stir in us hunger for you. That's just really a really good thing when we get hungry for you. I want to thank you for the ways in which you are doing that, even right now. And I pray that, Lord, there would just be um, a hunger that that draws us more deeply into you, Lord. And I thank you. I bless the groups as they meet together. I, I bless... bless uh, all of us, as we worship, I bless the ministries to children and youth as they are going on. I bless, uh, I just bless our return, Lord. And I pray that we may walk in the Spirit and be open to what you're doing and that we might just be surprised by joy along the way. In Jesus' name, for your glory and praise, may your name be made great on the earth in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to dive into a new series of messages from First Peter, about eight weeks in First Peter, a little tiny book at the end of your New Testament. Uh, the Apostle Peter, two uh, little letters written by him to the churches, and uh, they are powerful. The words are transformative when combined with faith. So like you can hear the word, of God. You can hear this word coming to you. Uh, it kind of lies dormant in a way, but when you are stirred up in faith, like to lay hold of it with both hands and open heart, 
when you believe that God is speaking to you, that God is speaking into your marriage, into your personal life, into your thought life, when God, when you understand that God is, is speaking into your neighborhood, all of your relationships, all of your circumstances, that God is saying something about you and over you, that the, the great triune amazing God has actually spoken to your heart, then you combine that with, you combine it with faith, you know, you grasp it. I mean, even if you don't fully understand it, you lay hold of it, and it is transformative, all right? It is transformative. And I really am encouraged about what's going to come about as a result of the transforming work of the Spirit through the Word of God over these next several weeks. So First Peter, so you can just spend some time. I would encourage you, uh, just, you know, take, take these next eight weeks and just, con- just constantly just read through First Peter. Just keep reading and, and let, let the Word of God read you. Let the scriptures come to you. Let it, let it speak into your life. Uh, listen for what God has to say to you. Don't worry about the things that you don't understand. Uh, you know, you can go ahead and pursue understanding of that, and you should ask God to help you understand. But really pay attention to the things that you do understand that he's calling you into. And with every act of obedience comes increased understanding. And so I just want to invite you into that because it's going to be a wonderful journey together. So we're going to just begin by reading some uh, selected verses. I'm just going to begin with uh, uh, the, uh, first, uh, the first few verses that I, that I want to mark out for. It's just verses 1 and 2 and 8 and 9 to begin with. Uh, so here is uh, the apostle uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. You guys know about Peter, right? Uh, Peter is a shining example of really how a person grows up in their faith because he didn't always get it right. So how many feel already at home with Peter, right? He didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't get, always get it right. He experienced the patience of Jesus Christ with him in an amazing way. How many of you know you need patience coming from God? That's why in the declaration it said, Lord, please be patient with us as we learn to trust you, right? It's not like, Lord, help us be patient with you. It's, Lord, thank you that you're patient with us as we learn how to trust you. We're just learning how to trust you, right? We're all like learners, Sometimes I feel like a beginner. Sometimes I say, didn't I already cover this lesson once? <laughs> and here we are again, right, just learning how to trust. So, so he was, you know, he, he experienced the patience of Jesus. And, 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 and really beautifully, he actually began to become the kind of person that Jesus said he was. Jesus said, Simon, that was his given name, I no longer call you Simon, I call you Peter. It means rock, right? Like, not like, st- like stone, like hardness, but rock, like, like solid. Um, and so I call you rock. I call you rock solid. I call you Peter. And upon this confession that you've made to me, I'm going to build my church. Upon what you are doing and what you are saying, that kind of confession, I'm going to build, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build it. I'm going to build it on this kind of of confession that you have just made about me. So, so this, this Simon, who was made Peter, <laughs> this man who experienced the grace of God in increasing measures, more and more of the salvation of God working in his life, he writes to uh, the believers, uh, and let's read about that just in the first two verses to begin with. To God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontius, 
Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Amen. There's like the whole gospel is right there. And he spends the rest of the time just unfolding a lot of what that means. I mean, just look at this. I mean, this, this is an incredible word. Let me, let me read it out of, like, the message translation says, I, Peter, am an apostle on assignment by Jesus, the Messiah, writing to exiles, scattered to the four winds. Not one is missing, not one forgotten. God the Father has his eye on each of you and is determined by the work of the Spirit to keep you obedient through the sacrifice of Jesus. May everything good from God be yours. It's pretty cool, huh? Okay, not, not cool enough? Okay. Uh, so another, the Passion Translation goes like this. From Peter, an apostle of Jesus, the anointed one, to the chosen ones who have been scattered abroad like seed into the nations, living as refugees, to those living in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, and throughout the Roman provinces of Asia and Bithynia, you are not forgotten, for you have been chosen and destined by the Father God. By Father God. The Holy Spirit has set you apart as God's, to be God's holy ones, obedient followers of Jesus Christ, who have, been, who, who, has been, who have been gloriously sprinkled with his blood. May God's delightful grace and peace cascade over you many times over. All right, all right. Get a little amen right there. This is really good. All right, we're getting somewhere, right? Because it's so easy for those words just to, to jet past us, and we, we absolutely kind of like miss what they are saying because they're so, so powerful. So really, he's, he's writing like to, like to the elect, to the chosen, or to, like to the believers, to the followers of Jesus Christ. He is saying, I'm writing to you. You are exiled. You are, you are exiled. You are, you are foreigners. You're aliens. In other words, so it's, it's kind of like this, right? A lot of times when we read that, we think that, well, they're, they're exiled and they're living in unfamiliar territory. No, they're very familiar with the culture around them. The thing is, is that the culture around them was not defining who they are. They are now being defined by what Jesus Christ has done in their lives. And so in a sense, they're like exiles. They're like strangers. They just know, hey, I'm in this world, but this world ain't my home, right? I'm like, I'm here, I go to work, you know, I'm in my neighborhood, I'm every place. It's really important that it be present to all those places, like Jesus is present to all those places. But I just want to let you know, like this culture does not write my narrative. This culture does not define who I am. This culture in which I live, like it, it speaks a foreign language to me now because the language I know is the language of love and peace and joy the language of grace, the language of the power of the Holy Spirit, the language of salvation flowing through my life, healing my life in every aspect. So they're, they're like strangers and they're scattered. Like they're scattered. They, they live, you know, in a lot of different places. And I love how the Passion Translation puts it, scattered like seeds into the nations, right? And so we're not just scattered, but I like it very much that wherever we go, we're carrying the real presence of Jesus Christ out into those areas in our culture that desperately need the good news of the good God. Amen. So this is like, this is who he's writing to, right? So, so good. What we're, we're, we're calling this series amplified, right? Amplified because it, it's really addressed to people who are in a culture that's foreign to now what they're experiencing in Christ. It's written to people who are scattered 
It's written to people who um, are now, because of who they are uh, in Christ, they're experiencing a, a great deal of suffering. I mean, these people really are. And a lot of times we're really not. I mean, we have suffering like, oh, you know, I got sick and that's suffering. Or uh, they're suffering like, oh, oh, this didn't go well. You know, I lost my job. That's suffering. It is. It is. And that's a place where God wants to make himself known and all that suffering. But they were suffering for being followers of Jesus. Okay? Do you understand? I don't. I don't. You know, I mean, I've had little inconveniences because I've followed Jesus, but I don't, seriously, I've, I've not suffered for for being a follower of Jesus Christ. I mean, not not in any life-threatening way. I sat down with Danny. Um, he is a longtime friend of my son-in-law, Jordan, and uh, he married Taylor, who was uh, Amy, our daughter's uh, roommate for her whole time at, uh, at, at college, and... Um, and now uh, uh, Danny and Taylor are now pastors in Germany, and they pastor amongst Syrian refugees in Germany, over 500,000 of them there. So they are, they're, pa- they're pastors there and that. And they are also ministering in Beirut. And in uh, Lebanon, uh, there are a lot of refugees out of Syria who have also come, many have come, many have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And... Um, and they suffer for being followers of Jesus. Okay? So that, so I, I, just, I just want to give you a little context, right? In the global church of Jesus Christ, unlike what is a lot, a lot of times just the American version, in the global church of Jesus Christ, there are people actually paying with their lives for being followers of Jesus Christ. And, and what Peter is saying to those people that who they are in Jesus Christ is completely sufficient for everything that they are facing, right? So if you could argue then from the greater to the lesser, then if that is the case for them, could it not also be the case for us who suffer at very different levels, but oftentimes not suffer for our faith? Jesus Christ is completely adequate for each one of us. So why do you give up? Why do you walk away from God when he gets tough? Why is it that we find ourselves filled with doubt, self-concerned, filled with self-pity when stuff happens to us and we forget altogether how sufficient Jesus Christ is for our lives? So I just want to challenge you that that the, the scriptures here are meant that you can live a life that is amplified in bold humility, trusting and confident that who you are in Christ Jesus is completely adequate, not only for the fulfillment of your life, but even more importantly, hear me, more importantly, for the fulfillment of God's mission to redeem this whole world through your life. Amen? So, I mean, it's just, it's glorious. It's just incredibly amazing. So what I hope to do is to paint over these next, uh, I just want to, I just hope that with Peter, here in these words, we, uh, the word of God can be used to kind of paint a picture and, and broaden your imagination. I wish I could, I, I wish I knew French so I could pronounce the author who, who said this, but it's a French author, obviously, and I, I just can't say this name, so I'm not going to try because those of you who know French would say, that guy's an idiot, right? So, no, you wouldn't say that. You'd be nicer than that. But I love this statement. Here it is. 
if you want to build a ship, don't summon people to buy wood, prepare tools, and distribute jobs and organize their work. Rather, teach people the yearning for the wide, boundless ocean. See, a lot of times what we suffer from is just we're just like into the mechanics of things, right? We're just into, okay, give us the to-do list. Give us one, two, three, four, five. Let us, you know, you know let's, let's just let's design this and everything. But we do so without any imagination, And so the call here, and I think the call of Scripture is, can you imagine what a full, robust relationship with the living God looks like in a world that is craving the grace that God offers? Do you have an imagination? Can you you see? Can you, uh, well, like in his words uh, right here are, but rather teach people the, the yearning for the wide, boundless ocean. So I hope that as a result of all of this time together in 1 Peter, you would just become so hungry for God that you can hardly stand it. And that will just drive, drive the realities in your life. Uh, let's just look at this, uh, this passage where it says, To God's elect scattered throughout, who have been, this is verse 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling with his blood. I I just want to highlight just a couple of things. Uh, Well, one thing in particular at first here. Do you notice how God is talked about? Father, Holy Spirit, and Jesus. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Trinitarian reality of God is all mentioned right here. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, here, here's, here's what is absolutely and, and, and powerfully, powerfully important that I want, I want you to grasp. That God wants you to have an intimate, dependent, and personal relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God wants you to have, right, an intimate, dependent, and personal relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A personal relationship, right? I'm thankful for all the moral code that comes from here. I'm thankful for all of the, um, you know, the, the guidelines that come from here. I'm, I'm thankful for... S- for so much. It's been to help our lives in a big way and help shape us. We'll talk about that in a little bit to become more and more like Jesus Christ. But I just want to tell you that God's first and foremost priority for your life is that you have a personal relationship with him. That he, is, he, he loves you so much that he's, he's inviting you into a personal relationship. Right? I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday and he was talking about another person that he knew and uh, every time this person always related to this person, this person was all kind of uppity, you know. And every time the person related to him, uh, they were at least kind of like, you know, like, uh, you know, giving off the vibe. Uh, I know stuff and you don't. I'm smart. You're dumb. Um, and on and on with that kind of thing. And uh, that's not a very welcoming relationship, is it? Right? God is not like that. God is not a constant reminder about how awful we are, how lost we are, how dumb we are. God in Jesus Christ is revealed in Christ 
is the God that is telling us how loved we are, how accepted we are in our mess before we clean up. God is telling us that he is here for us. He plants his life in our lives in order to completely do a great work of his love within us. I just, I love this God. He's amazing. So here it is, this invitation, right, to have an intimate, dependent, personal relationship with God. And when you look at all that, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's just like, it, it's, it's, in, it's incredible. Um, so remember last week we did this, uh, let's just look at each one of those just for a moment. We looked at that, that, that prayer that just says, Abba, I belong to you, right? We talked about the prayers of the journey. The prayers of the journey, the first one would, would be, Abba, I belong to you. So Abba, you know, that's, that's the word, that's the intimate word of family relationship of children to their father. And, I, and I've told you about this before. Many of you perhaps haven't heard about it. But years ago when I was in Israel, I was walking through Nazareth through a neighborhood. And out come, uh, bounding out of this door, uh, out of this house, through the door, down the steps, were two little kids, two little boys running and, and saying, they were, they were saying, Abba, Abba, Abba. <laughs> and that's the first time I ever heard these words of Scripture used in, in the context of family. And they ran and they jumped into their father's arms. And I saw Jesus says that we can now call God Abba, Father. Isn't that incredible? No, no. Isn't that amazing? You could call him Abba, Father. He's not, he's not, if you had a good or a lousy earthly father, this father is what fatherhood was meant to be, right? And he's like, just amazing. I was on a ride with Dan. Hi, Dan. We had a great ride. Dan is the guy that teaches me how to camp when we ride our motorcycles, so we camp outside. And so now I, I had a little biffy, you know, and I get, got in it, you know, and I, I have a little covering for my head, but not Dan. He's a real man. He just lays out there in the elements, right? So we were, we were, we were camping out at this one place in Goldendale, and uh, we found a cheap place. Uh, actually, it was a little sketchy place, and, uh, and we, we, were, we were just wondering, oh, man, I hope they don't come and kill us in the night anyway because i would have felt a lot more protected in a tent dan no i'm just kidding uh but here we are you know we're laying out there and we have this great night it's uh you know we sleep we wake up in the morning is it it's it's a it i mean there's no rain but the dew is so heavy when we wake up i mean it's like i mean like i'm sopping wet and i'm underneath something and dan he's just like you know wipe it off i mean you know so anyway, it was just, uh, it was, it was awesome morning. We get together because I feel like a real man when I'm doing that, you know, and then, so we get out and we ride, uh, had a great time. So early in the morning, we're in Eastern Washington, Goldendale, leaving there, going into a place, um, um, just as we ride out of that area, heading down to the Columbia river by a back road, um, I'm just overcome with something. I sometimes just in those moments, I'm able just to just, tell God stuff and worship God. I, I think I was thinking about my dad who had passed away in 2011. And then I just said something to God that set off just a gushing of praise and worship to God. I, I just said, Abba, I am so thankful that you never die. I just thank you for never dying. I just, and it just gripped me emotionally, man. I just like, oh God, Abba, this Abba will never die. You'll never die. And, and, I later, I later pinned a few things, uh, right, if I can find them, right, in my, um, 
in my journal and uh, just kind of walk through that. Oh, yeah, it said this. Therefore, therefore your, your love will never die. Your goodness and kindness will never die. Your wisdom and righteousness and justice will never die. Your light will never go out or succumb to the darkness. Your truth will never be less than true. The gospel of Jesus will never lose its power. It is the power of salvation for all who believe. The full and continuous salvation that you're bringing, forgiveness and restoration and healing and deliverance by grace through faith, it will never die. The Holy Spirit's work in us, among us and through us will never cease. And God is not against us and for us. That will never change. And prayer will always matter. And faith and faithfulness will win today. Right? Amen? That's it. Right? Because, thank you, Abba, you will never die. So when we're called in a relationship with God, the Father, you're called to have an intimate personal relationship with Abba. That is like really a good father. He's going to have to teach you what that means because a lot of you don't even know what that is. But he will teach you. And, to this, and, 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 and we have a relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ. Is that so amazing? The, the, the Son, Jesus Christ, who embedded the Son of God, who has moved into our lives, participates with, in life with us, has taken our sins and our brokenness, was broken for us that we might be healed in him. He is the Prince of Wholeness, who overcomes the darkness and keeps on saving us into more and more fullness of life. He is our Lord. That's incredible. We're brought into relationship with him and into relationship with the Holy Spirit, an intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one, the flame of love, the one who awakens us and ignites our souls and teaches us, leading us into all truth, who bears fruit in us and who is himself the spirit of joy. Oh, my goodness. So we're called into a, a what, into an intimate, dependent, personal relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're, we're called into this. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, um, man, I, I don't know about you, but for Sunday mornings, uh, oh, my goodness, my time is, what happened? Can I preach another hour? Okay, here we go. Uh, I, I, have to, I have to wrap it up. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do a real quick summary in a moment. But I have to tell you this story. So in the mornings, um, Sunday mornings, I need, I have to prepare my heart because, like, I can get so anxious about this moment and the pressure of it, right? I mean, n- nobody expects every sermon to be great, just the one they're listening to. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've disappointed you so many times. But it's an anxious time. I, I try for it not to be, but it just is. Like, you know, it's just hard for me to feel like I got all the ducks in a row and stuff like that. I've been doing this really for a long time, and it's still that way. And so I still have to prepare my heart. I have to get my heart ready for worship, right? I don't know about you. Maybe you just come in here and boom, you're ready to go, but not me. And so I have to get my heart ready. And so today, as I was thinking about what we're going to talk about is the, you know, relationship with God, you know, and this Trinitarian powerful God who does so amazingly in us, uh, my mind went to, uh, I just thought, God, I just want to respond to what you're giving to me. I, I just want to say, I want to rest and, and, and I want to embrace what you're giving to me for today, to me, David. Not, not, God doesn't look at me and say, hi, Pastor Dave, how you doing? I'm not Pastor Dave to God. I'm like David Rhodes. I have a history. I have needs. I have uh, desires. I have, like, longings in my heart. You know, have disappointments, you know. I mean, like you, right? And so I just said to God, I want to just, um, I just want to, like, receive what you're giving to me. And my, my, 
my mind then went immediately to another Trinitarian verse about God. It's a benediction at at uh, First Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians, chapter uh, thirteen, verse fourteen. It says this: um, May um, may that love of God the Father and the the grace of Jesus Christ. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to be with you all. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this is what he's, he's, this is my, he's saying, he's saying by that, I'm, I, I want the, the love of the Father and the grace of Jesus and the communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I invite you into this. I invite you into what's going on with us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit have this intimate relationship and great love flowing amongst them in the Godhead. And so he just in, invites me into that. And I, I, I said to him, I said, I, I receive that. I, I step into that. And, <laughs> all right. And so he said, so, so come on in. He said, come into the dance. And I said, now? <laughs> And I said, I don't know how to do this. And, and so he just gave me a picture. And so I'm invited in to the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And so I just um, I just stood up in the darkness of the room at 5 in the morning. And I just um, held out both hands like this because I don't know the dance steps. So I just started going around like this in a full 360 circle and just trying to be present in the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And I, one man on the face of the earth, like all others, are invited into an intimate, personal, dependent relationship with God. You're called to belong. It's God's initiative. It's not, it's not your initiative. You can choose to respond or not, but God chooses you. God is in conversation with every one of you here today. He's in conversation with every person on the planet. And he's calling. He's choosing. And he's saying, I want you. And you may not feel worthy, but that's not, that's not your call. So I'm, I'm unworthy. There's too much water on the bridge. There are too many wounds, too many scars, too much failure, too much shame. He goes, it's not about that. It's about my choice. I'm choosing you. I'm, may the love of God right, be with you, like with you. By the sanctifying work of the Spirit, the Spirit who opens your heart, enlivens you to believe, causes your heart to be changed, takes out of you the stony heart and puts a heart of flesh, of, 
softness toward him, the Holy Spirit at work in you, deepening you, making you desire him more and more, causing you to start to bear different fruit in your life instead of selfishness, love, instead of hatred, forgiveness. This is God. This is God's work, right? And so it's God's work and, and for God's purpose, which is for the obedience to Jesus Christ, that your life become as obedient as the life of Jesus was obedient, that your life become as fulfilled in doing the will of God as Jesus' life was fulfilled in doing the will of God, that you know the voice of your Abba Father and you, and, and you just know he is so good that you just readily say yes. It would be hard to capture the passion of God to do this in you. And if you think he's written off other people around you, take another look. Because he has that passion for every single person on the planet. Because he wants to save his creation. And he wants us to experience his life. Amen. This starts a new narrative. The culture gives us one narrative. Jesus comes and gives us a different story. I looked at one couple coming into the prayer gathering on Thursday night. And I looked at them and I said to them, oh, my goodness, here comes the couple. Because they're an amazing work of God in their lives. Here, to their surprise, right? I said, here comes a couple whose God story is as grand as the gospel. And I will tell you, that is what God's working in your life too as you say yes to him. Amen. Father, thank you. We bless you. We want you to, we want you to, to write the story. We need you to because the culture gives us lyrics to a different song. One of hopelessness and selfishness and entitlement and fear and hatred and exclusion. But God, you invite us into the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So as we uh, stand and as we sing, uh, why don't you just, uh, why don't you want this? Why don't you want this? Just just say yes, I want this. So, I don't know, if you need to come and bow down here at the altars, if you need somebody to come and pray for you, by altars, I'm just talking about these benches up here, you could come and you could just kneel before God and say, I want this, I want what you have for me. You can You can stay in your seat and, Raise your hand to God and say, God, I want this. Just imagine you're the only person he's looking at, and you're saying to him, I want what you have in this. Amen? But let's respond to this extravagantly gracious God. Amen?